Welcome to week two of the Hollis Scream series that we're doing. That was good. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Brandon. You're welcome. Today, we are going to talk about The Packer House Method by Gene Wolfe. Now, Jake, how many times have you read The Packer House Method by Gene Wolfe? Can't say that I have, actually. Well, Brandon, why don't you explain The Packer House Method by Gene Wolfe to Jake? Uh, okay. Let me do this. It's very short. You start out with a salesperson in a old woman's house mm-hmm. with her husband, right? Yeah. Or is her a grandfather? Something yeah. like that. Some, some Wait, is this the story where she like slowly realizes that she too is dead, but undead and like nailed to the floor or whatever? Oh yeah, you got it. Yeah. I was on a car trip once and a friend read this to me. That's the story. <laughs> oh, he read this whole thing to you? Yeah. So you have and read the Packer House so method. You get your- You, you lied get... to me. I felt, well, I didn't remember. I mean, it's the kind of story that definitely sticks no, with it was, you. No, it was read to me. There yeah. you go. Um, I'm surprised her, you didn't their crash brains your car been, out of Their brains sheer have terror. been ossified yeah. Yeah. in resin so that you can't form new memories. <laughs> and they have like it's outside It's like this guy ways. just wandering around the house on like a treadmill or on like a track. Trying to light his cigar. Trying to light his cigar. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. So they've been preserved, but you know, this story deals with deep questions about consciousness and what makes us alive. You said that with such sincerity. <laughs> I mean, it's... Sincerity? It's, no, yeah, yes. sincerity. So I, I get it that this is just not my genre of literature. And we're <laughs> going to talk about this a lot more with 1984 because mm-hmm. I, I get it that you have different types. You have the, not type of person, but types of literature. You have the types that are more character driven mm-hmm. and more style driven. And you also have the others that can still be style driven. They can still be written pretty well. And I'll give that to the Packer House rules. The mm-hmm. obvious are the Packer House, whatever, not the Cider House. That's what I'm thinking, the Cider House rules. The Packer House method. Method, yeah. Yeah. He obviously can write well. Mm-hmm. But the I just John, literature that's driven by ideas above character just mm-hmm. isn't what I like. And so this definitely has an idea that it wants to get across. And that's the idea that, you know, are we human when we've lost all of our natural biological functions? Where mm-hmm. does consciousness reside? Are we still conscious? Are we still human? Or are we be, do we become monsters in that case if we try to preserve our bodies mm. and put our consciousness in another like mechanical form? It's yeah. dealing with like the whole robot. Can you put your can you put your mind in a computer and still be a human? Mm-hmm. It's it's definitely what do they call it? It's dealing with those, but there's a fancier word. It's definitely those. Uh, it's interrogating. It's interrogating those questions, dealing. It's uh, capitalizing on those things. There's still a word that's escaping me, but still interrogating. Interrogating. There we go. That's the word I was looking for. It's definitely interrogating those concepts and ideas, and it's very straightforward. And it, and it's also generally those stories that are driven more towards the like the punch or the moment at the end where you see everything kind of coalesce mm-hmm. like in 1984 yeah like we'll talk about it has that ending where you know he has the tears but he does love big brother mm. so spoiler yeah spoiler for anybody who's still reading that book it does that just fine <laughs> it does it fine he like i said he's a good writer and so i'm i'm trying to turn a new leaf here nathan i'm mm-hmm. not going to hate on it instead i'm just going to make the point that obviously this kind of story is not for me mm-hmm. and so i'll leave it to others who obviously the story is for and like it to make comments about it. I'm not going to belittle it. I'm not going to tear it down. I'm going to let it exist. (laughs) (laughs) Very generous. Does that sound good to you, Jake? Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Jake gave it a moment's thought. I had to to let the heart speak. (laughs) Well, the friend that read Jake this story, I dare say, was Ben Solzer of Sound of Sanity fame. True. Because Ben is a huge Gene Wolfe fan. You dare say. I dare say. And... Yeah, we were on a trip up to uh, hang with some of our Wisconsin friends. Jane uh-huh. Katie or Cold and Love Cheese we got to see and some others. So he read this to pass the time. Yeah. There you go. Lucky. 
Nathan did say dare say because Ben is lurking in the corner right there with a handgun pointed at us all. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so that is coloring everything we're saying. It right required now. <laughs> a great deal of daring to say. Yeah, yeah, it did. It did. But, you know, I'm willing to take one for the team. And by one, I mean a bullet from Ben Sulzer. Gene Wolfe is a colossal giant of, I'm, I'm just going to give a little Gene Wolfe context because it will make Ben happy. Gene Wolfe is the person that Ursula Gwynn said was our Melville, the Melville of the supernatural fantasy sci-fi speculative fiction crowd and and he is he is a colossal genius of 20th century letters he really is anybody that actually knows his work whether they're a sci-fi fan or not would agree with me he wrote something called book of the new sun which everybody acclaimed as the new tolkien thing like in the eight they were like what what tolkien did in the 70s this does did in the 80s nobody's heard of it though because it's really dense and really elaborate and really hard to follow and it is in fact as difficult or more difficult than like a melvo or even like a, a james joyce or something like that it's full of illusion and unreliable narrators and crazy conceits and traveling through time and have you read it yeah i have and i like it a lot i think it's i think it's a masterpiece it's also pretty sick in its way it's about a dystopian world hundreds of thousands of years in the future where the sun is dying society has regressed into this sort semi sort of medieval state there's just neat stuff that there's little puzzles for you to find like the whole novel there they're in towers and at a certain point if you're if you're paying attention because he never actually connects the dots for you but if you're paying attention you realize these towers are actually just spaceships that aren't used anymore at a certain point he walks past a picture in a gallery of something from thousands of years ago and it's like a knight standing on a desolate rock and Gene Wolfe never actually spells this out for you, but again, if you're paying attention or if you Google it and find out what all the neat things are, it's the famous picture of Buzz Aldrin hmm. standing on the moon. So he just, he does really fun things like that for nerds. And so it's some of the best. Does he describe it in such a way that you can figure out that it's Buzz Aldrin? Yeah, but it's described by someone who doesn't know what space travel of that type is. You know, yeah. someone just describing like a knight on a rock. Yeah. You know, with a face shield or something. I don't yeah. know. So Gene Wolfe does stuff like that. It's really elaborate. You know, it's one of those books. It has a little bit of the, like anyone that thought that they were impressed by Tenet because that's, well, I won't beat up on them too much because I know some of our friends were impressed by Tenet. But if you want to actually read somebody that really does something interesting with all that kind of time is looping back on itself and actually this, actually you were your own father and all that kind of crap, Gene Wolfe does it way better than just like saying that Melville does it better than Ron Howard. So there's a little snobbiness for you. Always uh, love that snobbiness. Yeah. Sorry. I guess I am when it comes to speculative fiction, maybe I am a snob. I, well, what's, where's the, what's this? Maybe somebody's gotta be, somebody's <laughs> gotta be. Gene Wolfe is a colossal genius. You might start with his novel. He wrote a novel, which is actually three novellas called the fifth head of Cerebus. It, you also could not. <laughs> you could start there. Uh, Brandon is right. You know, if you don't like literature of ideas, you know, if you don't care for ideas, then, you know, if you, yeah. if you don't like thinking, if you don't like beautiful prose, if you don't, you know, if, if you don't like <laughs> really having to, to read in a deep and engaged way, but just like fluff, like Tolstoy, then, yeah. you know, Gene Wolfe's not for you. If what you, what if I really you're, If you're tempted to <laughs> confuse intricate and clean style with beautiful style. <laughs> I, actually, this was, this was a fine story. And I don't think that I've read enough Gene Wolfe to even pass judgment on yeah, I thought about making you guys read some more Gene Wolfe. Maybe we will someday. He actually is worth the bookening doing, I would say. Okay. But 
He is definitely a blind spot me a so copy much. Of Fifth Head of Cerberus, I've never gotten around to read. Yeah, maybe we'll do that. Maybe we should add it in. I mean, he's such a blind spot that I really a lot of what you're saying right now is new to me. I didn't even realize he was this significant of a figure. He's very significant. I mean, at least among because I'm snobbish in the opposite direction. That all of my knowledge of modern literature is like the stuff that the Academy has determined and defined mm-hmm. as like the great, like so Thomas Pynchon, those guys, Don DeLillo. Yeah. But Gene Wolfe would have been right there with them, apparently. And I've not even thought of him as in the same category. So that is um, not because I'm looking down on him. It's literally because I have not heard this before. So yeah. there we go. I'm learning something new. Well, Look at that. I'm, I'm so glad to... You might get a kick out of Book of the New Sun. Or, I mean, it is it is dense in a fun way. And, the, and there is character stuff. It's sounding like Borges. And I, I like Borges quite a bit. Yeah, that's a good comparison point. If you imagine Borges with a little less magical realism and a little bit more plot, but equally weird and interesting conceits. Anyway... Gene Wolfe's pretty great. He also is, he's a Catholic and he's got some weird ideas about religion, some weird ideas about sex, some weird ideas about all kinds of things. So tread with caution. Now that I've introduced this, the concept of this person, be very careful about him. But if you're interested in the genre, he is one of the the geniuses of 20th century speculative fiction, maybe the genius. And this story is a very, this is him having fun. You know, this is a very slight portrait of what he can do. Yeah. So it's interesting. There you go, folks. Hope that was some value for you. Book of the New Sun is the the classic, which is actually four books in one. Shadow of the Torturer, Claw of the Conciliator, Sword of the Lictor, and Citadel of the Autarch. Would you say that he's the great genius that people often give Frank Herbert credit for being? Yes. Okay. I would say... I would like this one in a way that I didn't. I would say you would get way more out of this. Okay. It's got an actual interesting character, interesting, unreliable almost Joycean narrator, okay. narrator but okay anyway all right well folks maybe you got we'll, me intrigued maybe we'll come back to uh, wolf but there's your scrap of goodies goodies for today put it in your little trick-or-treat bag of goodies you can go on to the next day where you can ring our doorbell tomorrow mm-hmm. we'll have some other good bone chilling tells for you <laughs> <laughs> i can't top that see you tomorrow folks